Hey everybody, this morning, two things happened pretty much at the same time. First, I got an email from a listener who was asking me if he should move to Portland. And then I got my daily email from our Portland independent newspaper, The Willamette Week. And the headline was about librarians getting assaulted. So what do these two have to do with each other? Well, let's get to it. So Will, a dude from a town outside of Lincoln, Nebraska, of all places, sent me this message. Uh, hey, Matt, I enjoy your podcast. I even started an HSA after your explainer episode. Um, hey, Will, great job. HSAs are a beautiful thing, especially if you can sit on it and grow it for five or so years. Uh, anyway, he continues. I'll be selling my business in the next few years. And though I won't be retiring, the work I'll be doing could be done pretty much anywhere. So my wife and I are thinking about moving closer to our son. He's getting married this summer and we're hoping grandkids will be in the picture soon and we'd like to be nearby, but not too nearby so we can support them when the time comes. Here's the catch. They live in Portland. So knowing that you live in the area, I thought I'd reach out and see what your opinion would be on moving there. Any advice would be appreciated. Uh, keep up the good work. Will. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for the message and thanks for the kind words. Uh, before I get into any specific Portland information, um, oh, and by the way, I've lived in Portland or the Portland area this time since 1996. Uh, before that, I lived here for a year in uh, 92 or 93. And before that, uh, when I was in like sixth through ninth grade, I was here from maybe 81 through 84. So unlike many other short timers who currently live here, I believe that I'm well qualified to issue opinions on this place. So anyway, about the time that Will's email came in, a message from the Willamette Week, which I've been reading also since I was in sixth grade, came in with a story that started with this headline. Multnomah County librarians say they're no longer willing to work as de facto security guards. Okay, so this is all going to come together, so stick with me. So the article starts with this. It was just after 6 p.m. on February 26th when a patron at the Midland branch of the Multnomah County Library attacked two employees. The man, agitated and yelling, headbutted and punched the two staffers until a co-worker pinned him against the library's glass doors. Quote, he walked toward me as I was quickly backing up, and bum-rushed and head-butted me, one library staffer wrote in an incident report. Quote, I felt my feet lift off the floor and I landed near a table by the display case. End quote. The article continues. The February attack at Midland, a library branch on Southwest 122nd Avenue at Morrison Street, is just one incident in a series of violent confrontations in recent months at the county's public libraries, which often serve as refuge for people living on Portland's streets who are struggling with mental illness, substance abuse, and trauma of living outside. This is Gen Z journalist speak for bums, junkies, and meth zombies. Back to the article. Libraries see those crises show up perhaps more than potentially any other public buildings. Quote, I have to wake up every day, said one librarian who requested anonymity, and figure out, is this the day that someone gets stabbed or someone gets shot? End quote. On March 5th, at the Central Library in downtown Portland, a patron, uh -huh, again, patron, stabbed another patron in the library elevator with a knife that had a four to six inch blade. 
Then, on March 21st, a distraught man brandishing two knives threatened to harm both himself and staff as librarians hid behind a door at the Woodstock branch after clearing the library of patrons in response to the man's meltdown. So this article goes into the anemic efforts they're making to mitigate the risks of having our county libraries be refuge centers for our city's homeless, drug-addicted population. And uh, I'll put the link into the show notes if you're interested. But here's the closing paragraph of the article, which is a quote from one of the librarians. I've gotten people housing and jobs. I've been like a social worker as long as I've worked in the library, he tells Willamette Week. But what I can't do is de-escalate somebody who has meth mites. That's outside of my capacity and training and pay, end quote. And that's the end of the article. So, Will, you might be asking yourself, why the hell is he telling me this? I'm not going to be hanging out at libraries if I move to the area. Well, when I read this piece, Will, it was, it was like the perfect encapsulation of how we Portlanders have been pretty much burying our heads in the sand for, um, well, over a decade when it comes to watching our city circle the bull. So first up, Check out the delicate way that the writer refers to our violent homeless friends. In paragraph one, she calls the dude who attacked the two librarians a quote-unquote patron. So a reader might think that this was someone who'd come in, maybe he was working on a research project about salmon runs in the Columbia, and wanted to access the microfiche articles from newspaper articles in the 1890s. And while doing his research, this patron just flew off the handle and assaulted two librarians. You get my point. Then the author says our county libraries, quote, often serve as refuge for people living on Portland streets who are struggling with mental illness, substance abuse, and trauma of living outside. So this is a uh, kind of a perfect microcosm of how we Portlanders perceive and how the press wants us to continue to perceive our homeless population. Innocent victims of substance problems and mental illness problems caused by the high rents from greedy landlords in our city. And yes, some of our homeless friends are indeed victims of non-drug abuse related mental illness. And yes, a small minority may have lost their jobs and were evicted, but the overwhelming majority of these people are meth and opioid fueled criminals from other parts of the country who immigrated here into Portland because we accept, encourage, and subsidize their lifestyle. And when they commit crimes, we conveniently do nothing to prosecute them. So why wouldn't they come here? And uh, for any of you guys listening, if I'm sounding harsh, I'd really encourage you to check out a dude named Michael Schellenberger. This guy's running for uh, governor in California against uh, Gabby Newsom, and he's done real work researching this stuff, like street-level interviews with bottom-of-the-barrel San Francisco homeless addicts. Um, I'd recommend that you check out his Twitter. I'll put the link in the show notes. But anyway, the guy is uh, Michael Schellenberger, and check out his book, San Francisco, if you really want to go deep into this stuff and really learn what's really happening. Anyway, I talked about the uh, homelessness issue in Portland before uh, on episodes 51 and 52. So anyway, let's now hit that last paragraph. The librarian says, quote, but what I can't do is de-escalate somebody who has meth mites. That's outside of my capacity and training and pay. Now, if you haven't listened to my episode about the new super meth that's turning users into violent zombies in weeks or months instead of years, like it took with the meth that we grew up on, check out episode 52. 
people are still afraid to talk about it and unwilling to talk about it because our meth epidemic is the perfect storm of political incorrectness. And what do I mean by political incorrectness related to meth? Well, the overwhelming majority of the meth that we enjoy here in the States, at least today, comes from Mexico. And, um, you know, some people, including California prosecutors and homeless people themselves, will tell you that 90% or more of the homeless population is using meth. And as our opioid crisis worsens, which they do kind of cover that in the press, more people are what? Yep. Using opioids and fentanyl. And what's the perfect companion drug to keep you awake for days on end when you've got a spike in your arm? Yes, it's meth. And what happens when you live in an apartment and stop paying your rent because you're spending every dollar you make on meth? You know, the money you make from stealing bikes, catalytic converters, and baby formula. Yes, you end up homeless. And if the soft, gender-confused Gen Z press were to reveal this, it might decrease the amount of sympathy the public has for not homeless <laughs> drug addicts, but library patrons. And even though here in Portland, way back in 2018, over 50% of crimes were committed by our homeless friends, we refuse to see or acknowledge the problem. Our city leadership talks about affordable housing, uh, which last time I checked was going to come in at about three more than $300,000 per unit because we need to ensure that the buildings are LEED certified. Yes. And post-pandemic, I guarantee that these units are going to be over $500,000 a piece to build if they ever get built, which probably isn't going to happen. So long story short, nothing's going to change. Drug addicts are going to keep moving here because they get free stuff. It's perfectly legal to buy, sell, and consume any drug you want. And we have public libraries scattered all over town where you can bathe yourself in the bathroom, surf porn on the public First Amendment protected computers, and if you get pissed off at a librarian, you can stab them. So back to you, Will. This town, Portland, is kind of getting worse, not better. And in your email, you don't mention whether you've been here or not. But if you have, like, say, five years ago or before, the town is a totally different place now. And our city leadership, which is voted in by our soft, compassionate population, is the perfect encapsulation of our fucked up attitudes and misplaced priorities. Now, I'm not going to get into specifics on our ninny mayor or our horrendously homely cast of clowns on city council, but suffice to say, we here in Portland were one of the early adopters of an innovation known as defund the police. So yes, in 2020, our city council decided to cut something like $15 million from the police budget. And yep, everyone was surprised when the murder rate in 2021 hit a 30-year high. We've had gang violence here in Portland, like in most major cities for decades, yet we have a city commissioner who on the record has refused to admit that we have a gang problem. And in all likelihood, this person's going to get reelected again by our waterhead population. So, Will, here's the bottom line. Portland is getting worse, not better. And the residents of the city seem to be pretty content with how things are collapsing. Nobody's raising a fuss when, for example, one of our city's oldest traditions, the annual Rose Festival Parade, changed its route to avoid Portland's downtown area, which is has sadly turned into a shithole of a campground with boarded up businesses and people afraid to park their cars for fear of getting their windows broken out or having their catalytic converter stolen. Um, okay, one, one last thing. So because of the societal breakdown happening in California and north of us in Seattle, 
people are still mistakenly thinking of Portland as some kind of safe haven from insanely high taxes, crime, and overall discomfort. So they're moving here in droves, which has helped drive up the property values to a full-on frothy bubble level. So it's not just a shithole, it's an expensive shithole. I'll leave it at that. So back to your question, Will, should you move to Portland? Well, family is important. You want to be close to your grandkids. I get it. If it were me, and I'm being totally honest here, if you could manage living a half hour or an hour away, I'd live across the river north in Washington. Why? Well, Washington doesn't have a state income tax. Oregon charges you an 8.75% income tax just for the right to live here. So if you can make a living from anywhere and you don't need to live here, you can save a nice chunk of change by living a half hour north of Portland in Vancouver, Washington, or the surrounding area. And yes, Vancouver is not cool. And if you were a 30-year-old, I definitely wouldn't advise living up there. But honestly, it has gotten better over the last decade. Uh, and there's actually some decent restaurants and whatnot. There is a sales tax in Washington, and there's no sales tax in Oregon, which is awesome. So there's lots of places to buy stuff down here when you visit your son, and everyone in Vancouver does it. So, Will, thank you for the message, and definitely just spend some time here in the area before you make a decision. And feel free to send me an email if any other questions come up. So that's it. I will talk to you all in a couple days. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com. 